Alright, so this season is all about promoting black entrepreneurs in the UK and abroad. And right now I'm here with three black entrepreneurs who are killing it. And I want to just first of all, thank you guys for coming. Thank you for agreeing to doing this with me. Thank you for being here because I know that you're all busy. But thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. I want to introduce uh, Pavel. Why me first? <laughs> because I'm looking right at you. So Pavel, he is the director of Can't Stop Fashion. Fashion with a purpose addressing key issues in society. And on his page, he says, a rebellious platform for undiscovered talent supporting real causes. So I'm really going to, I want to ask you about that later, but I'm going to, I'm going to do introductions and then we'll go back around. Mm -hmm. Sophia, founder of Zahir Arts, home of the Soka Dance and Wellness in Europe. And I'm telling you, this is the best Soka dance class that you can find in the whole of Europe. There's no other, there's no other class like this. It's authentic, I'm telling you. She's also an actor and the author of five books, okay? And um, you were very productive over the lockdown period. I was. Yes. And the first one that, honestly, I really, really enjoyed, I will say it with my chest. Um, that was a book full of very powerful um, affirmations mm -hmm. and she also did 101 letters to my lover and she did three different types of 30-day journals uh, for performers around the creative development and mindfulness and then we have Shermira she's the founder of mind body soul UK which is a mental health platform that educates and promotes well-being and mental health awareness so guys, I am sitting here with three black entrepreneurs who are seriously killing it in the game and they they have a lot to offer and I feel like whatever we say today is going to be of value to someone and it can help anyone who may need to hear or who may be in a place where they feel like entrepreneurship is something that they want to do but they might have a few struggles. So, you know, motivate you, inspire you and add value to your current life wherever you are at whatever point you're at. <laughs> so I have my own mental health platform called Mind Body Soul UK and I started it up around last year, September and it basically raises awareness for mental health and it is an online platform which can help people you know, who might be suffering with their mental health and yeah. Like where did it start for you personally? So for me personally, I used to want to be a child psychologist right okay. yeah so then i went on to study psychology um, my route kind of changed and i went into performing arts mm -hmm. but while i was doing uh, fashion and stuff then i got into a few uh, projects based around mental health um the nhs every right. man matters yeah. campaign yeah and clothing lines mm -hmm. as well so from there i decided that i wanted to start up my own platform which can help people right okay do you just a curious question do you think that there's a uh, like some kind of connection between performance arts or the creative side of things and psychology and like what you're trying to do is there a connection for you i think the connection is just performing arts helps you mentally mm -hmm. I, I feel like anything creative can help you yeah mentally so that's where the connection is but um i do feel like people are struggling a lot, mm -hmm. especially in these times now as well. So it's nice for people to have that extra help, and yeah. we also offer mentoring for people yes. as well. So. Yes, which is good because people, it's almost, it's like, it's really good to say, you know, here's 
here's some information that might be able to help you but sometimes people need a little bit more help and so it's good that you can offer that that's cool Sophia tell hey. me more about you um so I started Azaya Arts which is a dance and wellness brand that fuses soca and dance movement with well-being um, our thing is being able to provide people a space where they can free to be express themselves and not only get the physical benefits of exercise but also get something that um, affirmation and grounding that can help them in their everyday life yeah. um, and then I'm an actress by trade <laughs> um, so I was in Thriller Live before the whole lockdown happened and so I do musical theatre well, we're going to see about that in the future because it doesn't open, but uh, we're going to see. But, um, and then I also, in lockdown, I wrote five books. Yep. Um, the first one was I Will Say It With My Chest, which is an affirmation book for yep. black women. I just felt as though, especially after George Floyd, mm-hmm. I um, was scrolling through Instagram and saw this post on Shayborough, and it was like, uh, black kings compliment your black queens, go. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's see. Let me see what the black kids are going to say about us. Um, <laughs> and I was scrolling through. And all I guess just kept seeing was like, um, black women are so strong. Black women are independent. And that was like the main thing that I was seeing. And I was kind of like, I, like right now, I don't want to be strong. <laughs> right now, I, I need some support. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking about how those, even though, yes, black women, we are strong. We are independent. But sometimes those those um that messaging can be toxic yeah mm-hmm. so i was like i want to just give people other language to describe mm-hmm. first of all ourselves and empower ourselves mm-hmm. and then be able to call ourselves right so yeah um that was the first and that i wrote for others but yeah no but my my favorite is yeah i will say it with my chest for me i was saying to them earlier and i said it to you it was like medication because it's mm-hmm. like you don't know it's almost or should i say vitamins yeah, yeah. that sounds better <laughs> yeah for me because it's almost like you know when you when you take vitamins it does your body good but you don't mm-hmm. realize that you need it until you start taking yeah. it yeah. and when i started to read those affirmations to myself let me tell you i didn't realize like <laughs> shoot i need this yeah. like you know honestly it, it did something for me Thank and you. um you guys you have to check it out you really really need to check it out i'm telling you <laughs> pavel tell me a bit about your yourself and your business and i want to really know what this what, when you say rebellious platform for undiscovered talent right that's a very strong statement mm-hmm. yeah and supporting real causes talk to me about that where do i even start um so a little bit about myself so my name is pavel as you know i'm a model designer, lyricist, I've got into media as well, but you can't stop fashion. Um, I do pageantry, I train females for pageants as well, like around the globe and stuff. Yeah, that's like me. So I do a lot of different things in, in, in the creative industry. What led to Can't Stop Fashion was um, like yourselves, you were all keeping busy before lockdown and then pow, it just came about and everyone's just been told to stay in their yard and they can't do anything and this, that and the other. But for me, I knew a lot of people in the industry who suffered from mental health and they used the creative platforms to keep themselves going. So that models, um, music class as well, because we've got them involved, um, photographers, like everything. So it was just, I started off a quarantine fashion show. That's what the first episode was, it was a quarantine fashion show. It consisted of six designers, roughly 20 free models. Mm-hmm. So the first step was getting all the garments off the designers, 
got all those together, um, had to sort of spray things down, keep it um, risk assessed and so on. We then spent the next six days driving around London, going to each model's residence, not going inside, obviously due to COVID-19, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hand them their outfits, they'll change, then they'll come out and we'll shoot them on their road. Mm-hmm. And their road was the actual um, the runway. So that's yeah. what was consistent throughout the whole thing. So the first side of riding it was, as I mentioned, just to keep people going during yeah. these times. Yeah. The other side was, as you're saying, the platform. So I noticed at the time a lot of people were doing crowdfunds and things for what they considered as key workers, so doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other areas what I would consider as key workers too. Yeah. So for example, if all the supermarkets in the UK closed down for a month, we'd be done. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. it involved all of them, it involved um, bus drivers, mm-hmm. um, train drivers, postmen, race collection people, <laughs> everything, basically yeah. everything that we weren't seeing as that. So that was a way to sort of just go against what everyone was doing right. and to keep the country going in other ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what started things off. It was just going to be one episode and then from there it just blew and I was like, you know what, there's so many other ideas I can do with this and yeah. other additions to keep things going. So that was the first one, which was um, focused on PPE for unrecognized key workers. That's what okay. we called it. From there, we moved on to black mental health because that's something that is taboo within, within our race. Mm-hmm. We usually yeah. we even discussed it earlier. So um, that's that. And then this one is so episode four, which is coming out in two weeks' time, in part one, is focused more around inequality, um, and just sort of helping out different causes. So we have multiple ones for this. It's not just um, the racial side of stuff. There's also disabilities as well. Okay. So we're just trying to cover as much as we can uh, yeah. within this one, whilst obviously pushing black excellence, which the episode yeah. is called. So, yeah. No, I, I like that. It sounds like, no, it sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to just you doing and creating. And I think, like, what happens with creatives is, like, you, you have an idea, you start it, you get the energy and the courage to start it. Mm-hmm. And then all of these wonderful things happen as mm-hmm. a result, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about creativity. And then also about being an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. So I want to ask you guys, everyone can just pitch in. Do you think that your childhood has affected your adulthood in some kind of a way or do you think generally speaking that our childhood has an effect at all i think definitely yeah and yeah. In, in what ways so this is this is a question that i'm asking you guys but tell me your opinion like how do you think because i think each of you might have a different answer it might be the same thing but you might say it differently um well for me personally like my um childhood my dad is like um very very entrepreneur based like forevermore I always saw him trying to start something trying to nurture something trying to build something and um, I remember from a young age me either my two dreams was to be first of all I was to be in the circus and then my mom was like absolutely not <laughs> then, then I wanted to be an ice skater and then we moved to Barbados so she was like no it's not gonna happen either so we need to change uh-huh. and then um, I was like okay I wanna own a bank and then as soon as my nice. dad heard that he was like yep let's go that's uh-huh. what you're gonna do uh-huh. and he gave me rich dad poor dad the book oh, at yeah. like age nine nice. <laughs> so nice. that was like that Good from that yeah, yeah. literally yeah. from then it was like every couple of years he was rich dad poor dad then he gave me think and grow rich at like 12 mm-hmm. so I kind of grew up with a lot of financial self-help literature always around me and uh, the power of positive thinking, all of that. And I kind of, I don't think I really appreciated it and really 
sunk in until my later life but now right. and even though um even though like there's times i've been like oh, I'm, I'm not ready about this i've always found my way back to those philosophies right and i think in the other in the creative world even though like as i said my mom didn't really encourage me that much when it comes to the circus or <laughs> because i just didn't have the facilities i was right. in barbados we can't really train for the ice skating or the circus there um but i was encouraged to be creative when it comes to like instruments right um if i just mentioned i want to play by the next week another instrument was in the house right yeah but in the same breath um i was encouraged to be creative that way but when it came to things like soca or um dance anything cultural i was just absolutely not cuz i was raised in a very strong christian home right okay. so i feel as though like even now my appreciation for culture and even why i desire art is directly as a result of not rebelling but um having to find culture for myself mm-hmm. and then have to educate myself and then being able to have the space when I'm older to appreciate it and go into it. But I, I feel as though if I was allowed at that age I probably would not do it now, but right. No, I can mm-hmm. definitely understand, mm-hmm. especially coming from a Christian home. Very. Yeah. It's something like I also struggled with that mm-hmm. because it was like I can't let nobody see me going to this party, yeah. boy. I can't let yeah. that cameraman watch me working yeah. up. Like, you know what I mean? It was a real thing. So I understand. Yeah. I understand. Do you think at all that people's childhood, like, how strongly do you believe this? Very? Um, or, like, a little bit? Or, like, a medium? I feel... How do you feel? I agree with it, but mm-hmm. from a different perspective. So I'm thinking more about what I didn't have in my childhood. Mm. So from young it was it was quite like everyone was aware that I was more of a creative and practical person like academics wasn't really my thing so it was a case of the creative side was always there and i've noticed in other people's parents or if we speaking to other people their parents encouraged them once they realized that they had a certain not even necessarily a goal but there was an area of things that they liked yeah. and they kind of pushed it so mm-hmm. for example i know someone who had an interest in singing from young so then her mum made sure that she was in singing lessons to kind of push her from there. So with with my upbringing it wasn't really like that it was just more like I was I was a gamer. So right, okay. I wasn't really encouraged anything past that. It was just a case of okay it's your free time now you might as well go play some games and watch some TV this that or the other. So thinking back to it not that I did anything wrong because obviously that was something of my own choice but if I was encouraged to do more mm. within that time when I was younger it makes me wonder where I could be now mm, right mm. Yeah. so that's more what I think about now and these days so that's even something that when I do have children eventually I'll be pushing them to sort of find help them find what they want to do in terms of the creative side and then from there help them to blossom right mm. I completely agree with that 100% especially um, being being in a position where it's like you didn't even know that mm-hmm. if you only if you had like some kind of not that you didn't have the support but let's say if you had a bit more you know passion in one area and then your parents said okay let's do it you're yeah. saying that you it might have been you know you might have been in a different place now yeah yeah but i also believe that you are like everything happens as it should yeah you know true. so you never know um yeah i do think that uh, your childhood has an influence um i feel like mine is a kind of different perspective again So when I was young, my mom well, first of all, my mom was an athlete mm-hmm. and then she had her own dance business. Nice. And yeah, uh, with my dad, I only grew up with my dad. Um my parents got divorced when I was really young. So my dad was a DJ as well. So 
those kind of um, creativities, you know, really inspired me in a way. Mm. Even though I never grew up with my dad like that, but yeah, I feel like my mum was a big part of my inspiration. Right. Just having that support as a family, and then yeah, I feel like it really kind of pushed me as a woman as well. Like not having a male figure around to really just kind of like be my own boss mm-hmm. and not really rely on anybody um, yeah. else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I feel like mm. yeah, your childhood does have a real influence. Yeah. Um, I feel like each of you have a really good, but different perspective, and um, I think that it really has shaped us all into who we are today and what mm-hmm. we are currently mm-hmm. doing. Um, even down to this, the decisions that we made today. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like being a creative person sometimes is difficult, especially growing up in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, but coming to the UK, you see that there are more people like you and you, and you feel a bit more comfortable in the environment. But um, getting support from parents, it seems like we all had, well, I had support from my mom in in most things that whatever I wanted to do she was supported my dad wasn't really there so much um, but my mom always supported me but I feel like so if, if there's certain things that I would continue to do that my mom um, did for me and that she taught me and then there's certain things that I wouldn't do so I want to ask you guys is there anything in particular that you um, you weren't taught from your parents or is there anything that they did that you think you could do better that you you think that you might have a different approach to when raising your kids do you guys want to have kids mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> I can definitely no, no. answer you? that yeah. yeah you want kids okay <laughs> 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 right so it's like what would you do different to your parents I think um I think only over the last couple of years I've kind of begin to begun to understand like personality and how you can't especially with kids, specifically with kids, you can't treat each kid the same Mm -hmm. because of personality types. Mm -hmm. Like myself and my sister are so different. It's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Um, But we were kind of just like blanket treatment. Mm -hmm. It's still good, but like say for instance, we're, um, I was actually talking about this with a friend of mine today when it comes to discipline. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as though I was a child that you needed to like spank me. You just need to talk to me Mm -hmm. and then I would get it. My sister. She she needs um, she just needed something there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, when it just comes to understanding people, mm-hmm. taking the time to um, understand people's personalities and the way that you might need to maneuver, you still want to get to from A to B, but just how you get to B might be different with different right. people. Mm-hmm. As I think I would take that into consideration specifically when it comes to kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> literally, I would say the one thing that I would take from parenthood is, I guess it's, it's not negative in a way, but as I was saying, like a dad's the opposite. So my dad wasn't someone who encouraged me to do anything. For him, it was just Islam, Islam, Islam. Mm. And when I was old enough to say, no, I'm not ready, like trying to go down that path, he kind of just locked things off and then our communication became very simple. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't really anything. Like he's never taken interest in anything I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, nor has he, or well, only until like last year, he called my name for like the first time because that's an Islamic name for me, which he gave me since birth. But obviously I'm, I'm not on that. But anyways, so um, it's a case of, I was, he's never shown me like 
how to be a role model in terms of that as a father mm. so in some ways people would say that's a bad thing for me I look at it the complete opposite because I mm. feel when I do have a child it's just a case of the complete opposite yeah. so like yeah. I, I know the things that I would like would have liked for him to teach me so just understanding that on its own would help me to sort of um, yeah just go through parenthood I guess mm. <laughs> so yeah that's what I'd say yeah that's interesting because a lot of people go through um, stuff when they're younger and some people choose to do the opposite or choose to do different but some people don't and I always like wonder like why it is that some people mm. you know like can reflect and others can't like reflect yeah. and change yeah. Some, yeah. yeah interesting but I yeah. think with me um my dad like he made some very bad decisions in life mm. which I'm not gonna go into mm. but um yeah I just feel like as a parent you should be you should be more like when you have a child they should be your priority yeah. and not anything else yeah. especially if that something else is not good for you mm-hmm. so yeah I just feel like just uh, as a parent just make sure that your children are your number one priority because yeah. it can affect them in their yeah, adult life right. and it can affect yourself as a parent as yeah. well so. yeah it does mm-hmm. I'm telling you it does like same like you were think my mom and dad got a divorce as well my dad wasn't really he was there but he wasn't there and it was like we weren't a priority the same thing but then you want when you get older and you think about it and you analyze your relationships mm. with people and stuff like that you, you kind of see okay i understand where all this comes from i understand why yeah. i behave this way or why i feel like this when something happens and it's all because of what happened in childhood or how um you know your mom and your dad may have made you felt but you never really understood it as a child so it stayed but you know as you get older it's something that is still there and affects you in different ways so who i am now is completely that literally completely opposite to how i used to be Mm -hmm. and i don't know where that switch really came about to be honest Mm -hmm. i know um i got into music as a music producer and then from now I got into rapping and my first time on stage I choked and I remember literally I forgot all of my lyrics. Oh. Thankfully there was other people on the stage who knew so they kind of helped me to get through it. But um, I remember in terms of how kind of how my life has shaped now, it all started when I got a random text on my phone saying I want a free photo shoot. So I was like okay cool, might as well just do that if it's free. So I went to that, the pictures came out nice and I was like wow maybe I can try and infiltrate the modern scene through doing this and then obviously that's what happened right. and then through that I got into pageantry as I mentioned before which helped me to build up confidence even more in terms of stage presence and then the ability to speak because like me doing this now I could not have done that <laughs> so many years ago and it's all just grown from there so obviously getting into fashion which got me into being a designer and then from there eventually I can't stop fashion but none of that was due to what's happened to me in the past it was literally just this came about <laughs> but you see for me it's just like i want to know more because it's like you 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 from what you've told me i feel like you're very ambitious and you're very driven yeah, yeah. yeah and for what you're doing it, it takes a lot of hard work and i know that it's not just like you know yes a creative can can do all this stuff but i feel like you have a particular drive you know there is one thing i remember from the past and this was back when i was 16 so i went to college but i also had like a part-time job in mcdonald's and I, I can't say the guy's name, but there was one guy in particular who had been working there for 12 years at the time. And the only thing that separated myself and him in terms of, the, of, of our pay was the fact that I was still 16. So I mean, when I turned 18, 
me and him got the same pay and he'd been there for 14 years at that time like wow. he'd never had a promotion never had anything in that sense and he's still there to this day which is quite bad but um it made me realize not to get too comfortable in life mm. so when i read literally the same day i realized that was when i literally quit the job i was like you know what now i'm actually done i just want to try and figure things out and i got another job and then from there i decided that if i'm unless i feel this job's gonna help me out in life completely i will never work past or in a job past two years so literally i went on the path where i just keep on quitting when it got to two years so that was a point where i sort of realized that i didn't want to just settle for a comfortable life but even then i didn't have the journey i didn't know what i was gonna do i just knew that i needed to do more and to live a comfortable life and to achieve financial freedom and not be like that guy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel as though like where I am right now, it was just like I was on a path and it just kind of, I just fell into it. Mm-hmm. But I remember the moment when I fell in love with being a like a boss, and I knew that nice. some some kind of way in my life I'm gonna be a boss. Wanted to be a boss. Mm-hmm. Whereas when um I think I had just my dad had just given me rich dad poor dad, mm-hmm. and I was at the beach with my friend Mullins Beach. Yeah, and um. <laughs> I, we wanted some ice cream, and my dad was acting up. He didn't want to give us no money, and I was like, I need ice cream. I'm like, I need this ice cream. And um, <laughs> I told my friends, we're going to make a business, mm-hmm. and we're going to get some shells, and we're going to sell it to the tourists. So nice. we literally went into the sea, got a whole bunch of like, random sand, oh, shook out the shells, and we went up to these tourists. And I remember going up to this lady, and I was like, how I just been diving for this shell. The shell had like a hole in it. Uh-huh. But I was like, no, it's because an animal came out of it. And she was literally looking Selling at me it. like, and she was like, I, I don't believe you, but okay. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she gave us like a dollar. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, we just got money for a shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and um, we continued for the rest of the day. And in the, so cool. the rest of the day, we got like $20. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the moment I was like, I need, I don't know what it's going to be, but I need this life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how you said before too that you had the foundation. Like your dad was always giving you a lot of, um, you know, financial literacy. Mm-hmm. It's just that you never really put it into, you know, actually put it into something. Yeah. But until he said no, you can't have ice cream. Then you're like, yeah, you know and then what? I was like, yeah, yeah. So I like that. Cool. Mm-hmm. And um, what about your like? Um, because I know you said like soca wasn't something mm-hmm. that was so um, you know comfortable at home. So yeah. do you think that that maybe kind of influenced it in a bit? Definitely. Mm. I think especially because like it was so taboo. Like I remember I got um, I told my dad one time. Oh my god! I told him that we were gonna go to a school fair, and it was not mm. a school fair. It was like uh-huh. this. It was like <laughs> so kind of like pasa pasa. And um, <laughs> I went there, and I was winding up on these gunman from the ends oh. from the area oh. <laughs> with my 12 year old self doing and dirty wine came out that year oh. so you know <laughs> this was doing the thing mm-hmm. um, and my dad walked in and caught me winding up on some van man and um it did not <laughs> i got beat so bad <laughs> but um i think those experiences of having to like almost like what I remember when Quapo would come mm-hmm. and me not me having to hear a new music from my friends saying at school or mm-hmm. if like a van passes and I hear a song and I'm like okay yeah yeah, 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 yeah. because I was not allowed at all to listen to any kind of soca any kind of dance anything secular absolutely not mm-hmm. um, so I think later on when I had that ability that's when I really began to appreciate 
yeah, just appreciated it so much more. Um, and as I said, I feel as though if I had that opportunity earlier on, I would not be where I am right now because I think when I chose to do Zaya Arts, I knew I had to do it strong. Yeah. I knew that some people would not be okay with it. Some people were not okay with it in my family and back home, when I go back home, it is a very much, you know, some people turn on their nose. I've lost friends from back home because of it. Yeah. But um, I just was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. Nice. So. In terms of um, mental health, I think I've always just had that in me where I've really like cared for people. Mm-hmm. So that's um, where that comes from. Right. But in terms of like business wise, mm-hmm. I think the most inspiration has come from my mum because mm-hmm. um, she was an athlete and then she had her own dance business mm-hmm. and she studied um, criminology. So everything, I was just observing everything she was mm-hmm. doing. And then from that, I kind of like, looking at my mom like you know i want to do all these things yeah and i want to like inspire people and that kind of stuff so mm. yeah i think that's where my main inspiration came from from your mom yeah yeah and along the way i was learning myself so mm. she was um doing her dance business and she'd be like you can help with this mm. and then i'd be running like and a little shop with them or yeah. something yeah you pick so, up yeah. a little bit I think it's cool and I think that we really do observe a lot from our parents and we don't really notice until we have to actually do it or yeah you know. mm-hmm. as we you know we become adults we still believe things that were said before and, and different things like that and it kind of shapes our personality um, would you guys say that things in your childhood shaped your personality or not hmm. do you understand what i'm saying oh you like my first yeah. impression of you like mm-hmm. quiet reserved yeah, yeah but like if you i think if you have something to say i think you'll say it okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah i kind of so, get that vibe from you yeah so um from like school days because i went to a very interesting school <laughs> what do you mean by interesting it was an all boys school it oh. was one of like People used to call one of the worst in um in Southeast London. Oh, I didn't really <laughs> understand what that meant until I actually got there. Literally, imagine this, like this is uh. not even a joke. My first day in secondary school, so I've got on my uniform, I'm gassed, I've gone through, hugged my mum goodbye at the door, and then I've walked through into the, like the main the main courtyard, and I've passed some year 11s. Mm-hmm. The first thing that happened was I got punched in the back of my head. You know, what? like literally. I didn't even say nothing. Literally, I was just walking. <laughs> I kept it moving, was holding my head, was like, what's, what's actually going on? But yeah, my, my school was crazy. Like, there was always fights, always like year nines versus year tens, this, that, and the other. Fireworks, mm. teachers getting beaten up, a sex scandal, all, all, kinds, of, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it was mad. So, um, like, that made me even more reserved in a sense. Until it Fair got enough. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that messed me up until like about like year 10. Oh. And then... I sort of ended up in a class, what do they even call it again? I think it was that work related. So this is for what you call like the, the outcasts, the ones who you know don't want to go down the regular path of life. Right. So I was up in there with so many delinquents, but I ended up becoming cool with the delinquents. So mm. it was like being behind the shadows, helping to like run things and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was quite cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, so like that kind of got me out of that a little bit. Mm. So, um, but I remember for a lot of people in school, like people who are bullied, like some of these things still stick into this to this, oh, like, to this day, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, yeah. Even like um, 
Like, I don't speak to anyone, but I know one person who, every time he got like his head shaved, there's always one guy who always had that baby powder. So whenever he catches man, baby powder's hand was slapping the back of his head. So now he's growing out his hair. Like he literally will never shave his head. So, so yeah, yeah, it's amazing just how much these things can affect yeah, you. Like I even in, like when you're an adult. So mm. yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, you went school. You yeah, you went school in Barbados. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you ever go to school here? No, I only went to college here. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it definitely did. Wait, sorry, I where you went school again? So we're Alexandra, then St. Ursula's. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a, like, those are two different. Yeah. Yeah. The public school and then private school. Yeah, two very different schools. But um, I think because, like, my mom and dad were pastors, so we had to, like, having to always keep up appearances, that was, like, a huge thing for mm. me all throughout. Like, from the time my mom and dad opened up a church, it was always about. And I think that's why my mom and dad was so strong about, like, not being involved in, like, soca or cult or anything like that. Mm-hmm. In a way, it was good and bad because I just felt like I had to live up to this name. Um, and I think only now I've been able to shift that energy to where it's like, okay, I'm going to create because I love creating, not because I need to live up to anyone's expectations. Mm-hmm. So, um... And I think because of that, I was always like trying to be heard, trying to be seen, even when I didn't want to, I felt as though I had to. Um, so I think, yeah, it, only now I think I've been able to mature enough to be able to navigate how the, the kind of things I had to go through, going through with that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, I, I've known you from Praise Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> And like you always have this energy about you that makes mm. me feel let's go like mm-hmm. like a very like you're very you just motivate me mm-hmm. by not doing much at all coming into the room you have an energy mm. you know um, I also wanted to talk to you about your book I will say it with my chest mm-hmm. and the affirmations that you wrote in that book yeah I don't I don't know if you like for me it's mind blowing because mm. those words are so powerful. Mm. And it had to come from a place where it's like you, I don't know, I don't know. Where did it come from? Um, Where did it come from? It's not even that. It's just that it's so deep. Yeah. You know, it's really, you guys have to read the book. Can you give us an example? Yes. We would love that. This book sounds really interesting. Yes. Um, Well, affirmations is something that my mom and dad um, introduced me to growing up. Mm. And excellent, by the way. um, Yeah, like especially as a black. Yes, I'm telling you, definitely. Mm. Yeah, and I feel again, it's something that I didn't understand until later on in life. Mm. I just kind, it just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I am Mm. enough. I am worthy, Mm. but not really understanding it until later on. Um, And I feel as though it took me going into like dark places in my life mm-hmm. later on as an adult mm-hmm. to reach back to those things and be mm-hmm. like okay that's what they were trying to say like, mm-hmm. that's what that means right um can i say something you mm-hmm. see affirmations i believe that it's almost like it sounds new to me in, in my adult life mm-hmm. but as a child my mom would always say it like but it would be in a religious way so she yes. would say like so i attached affirmations to religion mm-hmm. and I'm not as I'm not religious as an adult, mm-hmm. and so I stepped away from that, and I felt like something was missing. But reading your affirmations and just having any kind of daily affirmation mm. makes you feel like okay, 
Like, mm-hmm. this, it's almost like a pulling of yourself together to move forward and just yeah. to get on with the day. Mm-hmm. But, you it's know. It's a spiritual thing. Yeah, it's a very yeah. spiritual thing. It is. But I think that my even my mom, I don't think that she knew how, like, you know, how powerful her prayers were. When she used mm-hmm. to say, Kimberly, say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, yeah, and I would say it, but for me, it was religious. So, like, I, you know, I got confused in my early adulthood. But mm-hmm. affirmations is a new or modern way, I mm. think, of mixing any kind of spirit, any kind of spirituality, yeah. and it's for everyone. It is. So it's not really like you know, uh, Christian or mm-hmm. like anyone can can do it, and that's mm-hmm. why I like it. But please, yeah, give me a piece um, of that. So since we're talking about relationships, I'll, I'll share some from um, the relationship chapter, mm-hmm. relationship section. Okay, so um, I am emotionally available to love. I am worthy of being appreciated, valued, and loved. I am a good listener, and I have and an honest and valued friend. I give and receive love freely. I can connect with others. I stand my ground on my values, morals, and boundaries because I deserve to be respected, and in turn, I choose to respect the life and choices of all those I meet. That's so powerful. It's so powerful. I don't know. It's like there's so much people who need to know and need to say these things because Mm -hmm. it's like we think that we have it. We think, you know, we're okay. Mm. But sometimes Mm -hmm. we need to just stop, reflect, and think and say, wait a minute, what do I actually need to tell myself to kind of get rid of all of those thoughts and ideas and Mm -hmm. beliefs that I had before? And even as a child, because like, as you were, you know, you could be a kid in school and a teacher might say something to you like, you will never be such and such a mm-hmm. thing. And you might say, like, oh, I had a teacher that told me, da, 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 da. but really and truly, in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. somewhere you still believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that might be the thing that's blocking you from mm-hmm. moving on and continuing with a business or a exactly. relationship. Mm-hmm. So, saying an affirmation daily honestly can help so much and i feel like it doesn't have to be religious Mm -hmm. i feel for me affirmations is is about reconnecting to your truth yeah to the truth of who you actually are regardless of other people's opinions um what is the facts about me the facts about me is that Mm -hmm. i deserve to be loved Mm -hmm. the facts about me is i am enough Mm -hmm. so regardless of what we're going through remembering that circumstances are temporary mm. people's opinions are not reality mm. and i need to reconnect to who i actually am yeah what do i stand for what am i about what's the energy i want to give out into the world like that's for me what affirmations is about so yes it's for everyone yeah because i know that you're in the mental health arena i would yeah. i want to ask you like what it was your what's your perspective on affirmations and like just tell me what you think just tell me what you think. Well, me, myself, I do affirmations as mm-hmm. well, and I find they really help, mm-hmm. um, along with meditation as well. Mm-hmm. That really helps okay. me. And it's funny because I was speaking about affirmations the other day as well, mm-hmm. and they're just so powerful. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you know, you're in a situation or in a place where you don't feel connected to yourself, mm-hmm. it brings you back to that reality mm-hmm. where you can really connect with yourself and just empower yourself. Yeah. So I feel like affirmations are really really effective i've got to check out that book yes (laughs) what would you say to someone who is having trouble like being consistent with the affirmation they understand that it's important but they might not necessarily like you know to be honest it's life is hard yeah Mm -hmm. we don't always feel like doing things that are Mm -hmm. good for us so what would you say to someone that needs to to do daily affirmations but not not necessarily they're not in that part of their life where 
they know they need help, but they can't mm. necessarily commit. Yeah. I'd say just take some time for yourself, mm. even if it's five minutes mm-hmm. through the day and mm-hmm. just connect with yourself. No TV, no music. Just connect with yourself. And even if you want to write things down mm. or just, I don't know, connect with yourself in a different way that you feel is right for you, mm-hmm. that could really help. So it could be, it could be affirmations, mm-hmm. it could be meditation. It could be simply anything, really. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Because I feel like everyone is not always, everyone's, uh, you know, not going to be at the same point as mm-hmm. someone yeah. else, in, you know. But I feel like we all have the potential to to get to the point where these affirmations heal us. Yeah. And yeah. they heal the yeah. trauma and they heal all of the things that would have really affected our daily lives without us even being aware of it. Yeah. Um, so for me, they're important for what I'm discussing Mm -hmm. because as I said to you trauma is something that yes it stays in the body and Mm. it can become a norm Mm -hmm. and when you start doing affirmations I feel as though it almost reverses things yeah so it's almost like you know we discuss how our childhood can affect our adult relationships Mm -hmm. and behavior and perspectives but it's good to offer people something Mm -hmm. and you guys i really 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 seriously want you to check out this book um and you have different types of affirmations as well yeah yeah um for family for relationships for um goals and dreams yeah Mm. yes so thank you very much and um guys i really had a, a really good time talking to you i think we all have um very similar ideas but different perspectives and it's good to hear another perspective because you wouldn't obviously have thought of it Mm -hmm. um is there anything else that you want to just say in closing one thing i would say is going on from affirmations we all everyone has doubts regarding what they're going to do whether it's their dreams ambitions um some people tend to put a lot of stress Mm -hmm. on themselves even just down to let's say for example i noticed a lot of people tend to kind of put a date on when they want to be married by or have children mm. by. Yeah. And that leads on to relationships where mm. people then tend to settle for, for what they wouldn't usually settle for. Mm-hmm. So it's just a case of understanding that we haven't always got control over when things will happen in our lives. Mm-hmm. But they will come as long as we believe. And that's mm-hmm. not coming from a religious perspective or anything mm-hmm. on yeah. those lines. That's just more believing in the universe and then affirmations too. Because yeah. if we don't believe in ourselves, then who is going to believe in us? Correct. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we just got to try and keep ourselves in a good light. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's it for me. So just look, make sure that you look after yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't be scared to speak to somebody about it. You know, even if you want to um, contact Mind Body Soul UK, you can. Yeah. And yeah, I just think it's so important for people to actually take care of their well-being. And I feel like that is a personal thing. So mm-hmm. it can be in whatever way is best for you. For you, yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah. that may be. Then, you know, just make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It could be anything, like I said, from meditation, yeah. affirmations, speaking to somebody. Yeah. Even being creative. Mm-hmm. Like anything that helps you mentally. Mm-hmm. Is good for you. Yeah. Nice. I would just say you don't have to be stuck in the narrative that you've been told or mm-hmm. you've lived through in mm-hmm. your childhood. Mm-hmm. We are blessed to be able to change and evolve. Yes. And you can change and evolve. It takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But um, even whatever you've been through, that is that doesn't have to be the beginning and the end of your story. That that can literally just be a paragraph or a chapter. Yeah. Um, and there's goodness out there, but it takes us going after it for us to actually live it and experience it. 
Thank you. I'm telling you, you guys just have a lot to share with people. And I really hope that, you know, a lot of people get something from this mm-hmm. and that they get it and then they share it with someone else so that it's a continuous chain reaction of just spreading value. Um, so thank you once again for thank joining you. me today. Thanks I really for having us. It. And um, yeah, that's it for today. Nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>